Welcome to Necessary Illusions. I am your host, MC Squared. On this episode of the podcast, I interview Amos Kepler. He is an author, world traveler, witch, and orgy enthusiast. On the show, we discuss his life and travels. I hope you enjoy. Solidarity forever. Thank you very much. It's great to be back. Glad to see you. Glad to catch up with you. How are you? Uh, how are you uh, handling the Norway winter? Are you in Norway right now? Oh yes, uh, it's it's very cold uh, tonight, but uh, I'm in a warm living room, so it, I'm okay. Absolutely. I'm down uh, here in South Texas. It's about eight o'clock. The sun is. Set maybe an hour ago, it's about uh, 55, 60 degrees. Uh, what time is it there, and what's your temperature? Uh, it's uh, 20, and uh, it's 3 o'clock at night. <laughs> the stark difference, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're a vampire, right? A man of the night? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. By the way, I... Did you say a vampire or a witch? I think you said a witch. Yeah, I completed my um, uh, my cover and uh, I sat, uh, uploaded my cover and the interior for my new book tonight. Awesome. To the printer. So right. it's uh, all set. Who does your uh, Who does your artwork? Do you Do you do your own artwork, or does someone do it for you? I, I do everything, absolutely everything myself. It's like my like my father said: if you if you do everything yourself, so you have got not you don't have anybody else to blame. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, I agree. So I do everything myself, every single word, every single piece of artwork and um, and design layout you name it so you're, you're pretty into like graphic design on the computer but you said you do all forms of artwork too right so do you do like drawings sketches uh paintings you do that kind of stuff uh, i do all kinds of um art really even pottery including pottery but I focus on, uh, right now, I focus on uh, writing and photography. So, but I have done absolutely everything. <laughs> I've tried absolutely everything. 
Let's uh, let's start. I think tonight's focus is going to be your travels. So um, why don't we why don't we start with uh, how about 2023? Anywhere you traveled to last year, and maybe some plans in the uh, upcoming year, 2024. But then I'd like to go back to the very beginning, and maybe you can run through kind of your time frame and you know what got you started into traveling. But what about let's start with this last year, 2023? What kind of travels did you do? Not much, really. I've been pretty much stuck here for uh, years. The last uh, the last time I've uh, traveled um, abroad was to Copenhagen in 2019, I think. Uh, that was right before uh, COVID started. I think uh, so. So that was the last time I was abroad. But uh, I do plan on traveling to London uh, this spring. Uh, even if I have to swim. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the way I've always done it uh, on Hairs and Niles. I've always um, done it as cheap, uh, as non expensive as possible. So I didn't have, uh, I did have money when I was uh, in the United States in, uh, 20 years ago. But um, that was one of the rare occasions when I actually had had money. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to the very beginning. Where were you? Where did you grow up? Where were you raised? And uh, maybe let's start with uh, some of your first travels, some of your first trips. Uh, let's see. I grew up here in uh, Aske, outside Bergen, in western Norway. Uh, and I pretty much stay here the first uh, twenty three years of twenty two years of my life. Where I traveled my, with my parents around Norway in a car, uh, and um, I mean, I traveled we drove around uh, Scandinavia too. Uh, in nineteen seventy five, I remember, I, as I recall. Uh, and there was a casino on board uh, the boat, the boat crossing the uh, the sea from uh, between Norway and Denmark. And I uh, remember winning two hundred, the equivalent of two hundred dollars on that boat, <laughs> and that really gave me the incentive. I had played poker before. Uh, I started playing poker uh, as, when I was uh, eight. Uh, <laughs> that wow. sounds incredible, but I did. <laughs> uh, uh, I remember we, uh, I had a batting. Uh, I had a, a bat with a friend of mine, or um, the, the um, husband of my cousin. If we beat him in uh, table tennis, we should borrow his car. And we beat him, of course. <laughs> nice. to drive with, uh, with his car. Uh, I think I was 12, uh, around 12. Then. Uh, so you were, were you driving at the time? I was driving, yes. I had been driving for a while uh, with my father's car at <laughs> night. Wow. Uh, by yourself or uh... by by myself? Absolutely, I was the driver. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I had the spirit, uh, the, the traveling spirit from the start. You like uh, the uh, independence, kind of being out on your own? Oh, yes. Uh, I traveled to New York uh, in um, 1991. That was the last, my, um, my first re- uh, travel abroad uh, on my own, really. Uh, but I was there very long. It, uh, I didn't I hardly had money. I had uh, money to the t- uh, airplane ticket, and that was it, really. <laughs> when you came, that's when you came to the United States for the first time. Yes, that was it. And how old were you? I was twenty. Uh, yeah, twenty, absolutely. So what, what brought you to the States? You just wanted to visit, or were you looking at some jobs? No, it was uh, the Amityville. I was at Amityville. I traveled to Amityville, actually. The, uh, what, that haunted site? Absolutely. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. I was at the police station there and, uh, and everything uh, to inquire. And so I wasn't arrested, but... Um, uh, they were seriously pissed off uh, the, the the couple living there in the house in Ocean Avenue 112. Uh, they were seriously pissed about uh, all the tourists passing through, driving driving past their house. Right? Is that so New York? Uh, yeah, Long Island. Oh, okay. Uh, it's. Uh, it's a couple of miles uh, on the long, long island, really. What, so, uh, what what was the Amityville all all about? It, I know that uh, I mean I've seen some movies. I'm a horror buff. I love horror movies, and I've seen some of the uh, Amityville movies. Is that I didn't realize it was actually based on a true story. Is there is there some stuff that actually happened in this place? Oh yes, it's definitely based on a true story. Uh, a man wrote a book about it too, and um, yes, everything. I I know lots about it, but if we if we are going to talk about that, we need uh, another uh, another podcast. Really. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there is there is so much I know about it. I've studied it for forty years, really. and so, I, I I think it's uh, in my eyes, it's genuine. It's really happened. Uh, not everything depicted in the, on the movie in the movies, but uh, basically uh, the, the the basic story is true. It really happened. What's uh, bring us up to speed? Maybe for those not familiar, what's the basic story of Amityville? Uh, yes, a uh, uh, couple. Uh, Ronald Defoe and his wife, they stayed there for 28 years, 28 days before uh, leaving the uh, house uh, in um, in panic, total panic, scared to death, really, about uh, what they had experienced there, spirits, malevolent spirits, basically. Um, and they could... Uh, their stories were was uh, collaborated by the police, at least a, a couple of uh, police detectives 
that have uh, been there, uh, driven past the house, and the priest, uh, the Catholic priest, and uh, and several others. Most, uh, most people in the constituent uh, called it a hoax because they didn't really know better, but they persisted at it. But uh, the story has lived on, really. Uh, it's uh, 50 years ago, almost, and uh, it's, it keeps living on. So um, I believe it, uh, and I, I believe in haunted uh, Houses and ghosts and spirits and so in general. So I've experienced a bit about it myself. So that was my first journey. Uh, I listened to the uh, a conversation at the police station. I visited just for uh, to hear their view on it. And there were the mayor was uh, there, uh, I think at the police station and spoke to a detective. He said that they uh, had to keep uh, running the hoax story because uh, he was he was sick and sick and tired of uh, how the, how, um, the, the town, the town of Amityville uh, was um, invaded by tourists too or seekers and, uh, and anything. So they just ke- kept uh, going with the story as a hoax just for uh, convenience sakes. So the, the hoax was the, uh, that they were calling it a hoax, not uh, the experience of the husband and wife and children, really. How much time did you spend uh, in Amityville? Did you ever go in the house? No, I couldn't. The, the couple living there, as I said, pissed off at people coming to inquire. So the uh, people just drove past the house, right? I walked. I, I walked from the police station to the uh, uh, the train station to um I didn't have a car, so I had to take the bus. So I took uh, I walked up, walked to the house, to the police station, and everything. It, it was a nice neighborhood. <laughs> Were you looking for inspiration? Were you trying to do research at, at this point in time? Were you writing? Oh yes, I was writing for my uh, for my last twelve. Uh, I started writing in nineteen seventy three already. So yes, but uh, even um, I didn't really write about uh, a similar story. I write. I didn't really write about the haunted houses and such until about. Five or six years later, and uh, several years, and um, in several books. But I, I still haven't uh, written my story about the Amityville, uh, my my experience. I'm and I have uh, just about started. I hope I will can be able to publish it in five years or so, finish it and publish it in five years. 
<laughs> what do you think about um, hauntings, supernatural phenomenon? What what is the cause? What is some common you know occurrences that people experience? You know, maybe a lot of similar stories, the same kind of things happening. Uh, you know, ghosts, spirits, curses. What what are some characteristics of these um, you know hauntings and you know? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if you remember, but uh, in my view, every uh, malevolent spirit is human or, or was human, uh, right? Uh, yeah, just to stop or just want to be there or just want to uh, scare people. <laughs> is it the shadow realm, right? Are we talking about the shadow yes, realm now? Absolutely. It has got nothing to do with Christianity or religion or anything. It's just the shadow world. And so that's what happens. That's what what's, about, uh, what's um, behind uh, all kinds of uh, phenomena, uh, not part of uh, human uh, daily life anymore. But sometimes they can't, uh, they, they are there uh, anyway. The people that can uh, just at random experience it. But uh, when the conditions are right. Really. Do you think these um, spirits, ghosts, whatever, do you think they can do us bodily harm? Do some of them... Are some of them malevolent? Are some of them good? Yeah, they are. Some of them are malevolent, yes. Just like human beings, I guess, right? I mean, just like any human beings? Yeah. Exactly like human beings. So, uh, basically, they can't do us harm if we are not so scared that we harm ourselves. There are exceptions. And I have read uh, quite a lot about that, too. There are are, so. such spirits uh, all over the world and I encountered them uh, on my travels too. I came to London uh, in uh, the summer of 1983. That was my real, first real uh, journey abroad really, where I stayed at least a week uh, and that was uh, really fantastic. And uh, London and uh, England is the most haunted uh, land in uh, in the world, or one of the most haunted. There are uh, haunted castles, haunted villages, uh, and uh, all kinds of stuff, really. A village uh, somewhere outside London called Brackley. Uh, I call it a village of many, with many ghosts. <laughs> there are ghosts everywhere. Uh, it's packed with ghosts. The coaches and horses that uh, are heard um, going through, uh, traveling through the village, and hear the hoofs hit the ground, and the wheels turn, and everything. And sometimes you can be lucky enough to see it, actually see the coats and horses make, making its midnight run. <laughs> so I, I spent some time there too, to put this, and it, it's on my webpage. 
Why do you think uh, England and London specifically is such a hotbed for supernatural activity and spirits? Well, it's an old country. It's been an old story, right? Uh, United States, for instance, is just a, a young uh, nation. But uh, England goes back to the, uh, the Roman Empire, really. London existed in, as Londonia in the during the Roman Empire. When they occupied the, uh, the island. So... It has a long story uh, with a lot of massacres and uh, cruel actions, which is what is basically creates the uh, malevolent uh, spirits. They are pissed off by something, and sometimes they are, uh, they are they have reason to be pissed off. Because uh, they, they wasn't treated very well when they left. So they take it, take it out on people after they left. So that's basically what happens. Uh, sometimes it's just echoes of the events too. And then, uh, then there is no... Uh, then there is no... Um, talk behind it. It's just uh, a kind of uh, automatic replay of what happens. Really. What do you think uh, about uh, curses, spells, black magic, witchcraft? What do you think about those things? Yeah, I do. I do all that. (laughs) (laughs) So, So... there was a there was a movie, The Skeleton Key. I really liked it. I love horror movies. I'm a big horror buff, and in it, I think it was like a, a movie that took place in um, New Orleans, kind of uh, you know, um, like an old uh, plantation home. I think this, this woman was going to take care of this uh, couple, this older couple, and anyways, and it, it turned out that they were um, they were uh, you know dabbling in black magic, and they would. Um, occupied bodies, you know, and this black magic, this voodoo would only work on people that believed in it. And at first, you know, this woman was, uh, I thought it was an interesting concept. This woman was, um, you know, she didn't believe in the magic. She didn't believe in the, whatever was going on there. The house was kind of spooky, but it didn't get to her. But by the end, she was all in on this black magic voodoo stuff. And they, they were able to possess her body, you know, take it over and, uh, you know, that's, I guess, the premise of the movie was these um, people, you know, would possess the body. When their body was old and used up, they would find a younger, you know, they would find a younger um, body and, and and do their magic and voodoo and, you know, eventually take take over that one. But it was powerless to people that didn't believe in voodoo into, into black magic. What do you think about the power of mind, belief, spells, magic? Perhaps if you don't believe in it, it has no effect over you. Uh, sometimes, but uh, I would say it has power. If you, it depends on the wielder of the magic. Uh, if the wielder is a true witch, uh, he or she can do uh, a lot of stuff. So uh, it doesn't. Uh, in my in my books, it's uh, they are uh, they can affect people uh, anyway. 
Are most of your travels around to, you know, spiritual sites, spooky areas, haunted places? Is that was that the crux of most of your trips? Or maybe you could talk about some other uh, ventures that you've made. Let's, let's move on. You talked about Amityville and London so far. And, of course, uh, traveling around Scandinavia, driving your dad's car around. Uh, let's talk about some other trips and travels. Yes. Uh, I, I can say that I, I chose chose London to travel to because I, I wanted I needed a European city for um, for my books, really. So I uh, I, um, I pondered Amsterdam, pondered Berlin, and uh, but I chose London. So I, I, the reason I traveled there was because of uh, a future book I was supposed to write. The Slaves, my second book, in the Jönström series. That's why, that's why I uh, traveled to London. So it was a happy coincidence, really, because I love the city. I have uh, returned there uh, countless times. I lived there for five years in um, a, squatted, uh, a squatted house, which was five of my uh, most happy years of my life. The only uh, years that, um, that can beat that is the two years I traveled worldwide uh, in 2002 and 2003. Uh, I was in Houston, by the way. Uh, the, the plane uh, went down and uh, landed in Houston. From, uh, I traveled from Las Vegas to uh, New Orleans. But uh, it was had a temporary landing in, in, in the airport, Houston airport. Uh, but the, the temporary became pretty long. <laughs> I think I think uh, the plane uh, stood there for ten hours, so I traveled into Houston uh, that day and returned the same day. To the airport, of course. And I, I want to go back to let's before we get on to Houston and the states here. Let's go back to uh, London, squatting in a house for two years. So, how did that come about? Who did you live with? You just found a house and you said, "I'm not leaving," or what? Uh, I met um, uh, I met a lot of fellow witches and rebels and uh, artists. <laughs> In Hyde Park, uh, June uh, 21st, uh, 1988, we had an orgy there, uh, a lot of uh, fucking, <laughs> 100 meters from the uh, police station, by the way. <laughs> so it was wow. great fun. And some of us stayed together the next day. And then we moved in uh, to a house uh, some of them knew about, an empty house some I knew about. I mean, we didn't really have to, we didn't really have planned to stay for very long, but we stayed for more or less for five years. So we had children and everything. Uh, all my children was born in that house. What were you uh, doing at the time? Were you writing? Working? Well, I was writing, uh, really. I, I, I've always been writing. <laughs> I, I traveled uh, 
with an old um, typewriter and two manuscripts. Uh, dreams belong to the night and shadow world. And that uh, they, those two manuscripts uh, survive those five years. It's uh, fucking miracle for them. <laughs> but they did. And they are now published worldwide. Amazing. Just amazing. Uh, Shadow Work is about uh, very much about witches and uh, hauntings and the paranormal, by the way. And uh, Dreams Belong to the Night is about rebellion, about uh, urban guerrilla, and everything. So, I've never uh, traveled to Salem. I guess the that was the, um, the, the, the witch trials that happened. Was that like the... Um, 16th and 17th century, something, yes. something yeah, like that. I, I know about that. Yeah. I, I did, yeah, I did. Uh, it's uh, just about outside Boston. Yeah. Uh, shadow work uh, is um, the action, the story is uh, taking, is taking place in Massachusetts, the state of Massachusetts, outside Boston. So I usually travel now before I write about travel to a place before I I use it in the story. So but uh, I didn't um, I wrote the first draft without having listened to us. Uh, but then uh, after the first draft was done I decided to write uh, to uh, to travel. It was the same with uh, your own facts. Uh, most of the story and that the novel is about uh, Los Angeles. It's taking place in Los Angeles. I wrote the first draft and then I wasn't uh, quite satisfied with the result and traveled to Los Angeles when I was in Las Vegas in 2002. I drove, I drove from Las Vegas to Los Angeles uh, and stayed in Los Angeles for seven days, I think, I believe. Uh, and I was happy I did because there were lots of. Uh, it, it's quite. It's usually quite something, something completely different to actually uh, be there. You can't uh, read about the place and get it right. If you got, uh, if you get my drift, yeah. you have to uh, experience the place. Yeah. Before you can truly write about it, and I did. Uh, the book uh, I wrote, I, I rewrote the book uh, completely after I had been there. So, and uh, I traveled from Los Angeles to San Francisco. Uh, I stayed in San Francisco for a while. It was in the spring 2002. First time I was in Las Vegas, by the way. Uh, I traveled from San Francisco back to, uh, to Denver, Colorado, which my first book, uh, The Defenseless, is about. <laughs> but uh, since I wrote that uh, first draft in 1973, to, uh, in, the, in the 70s, I couldn't uh, have been in Denver before, but I was there in 2002 and could uh, make the necessary changes. Uh, most of my travels uh, 
have been made into books. Uh, this is this is one uh, uh, the Valley of Kings. It's a one long uh, uh, travel uh, uh, diary really about my travels in Africa and the Silk, Asian Silk Road. Uh, and uh, when I traveled along the Silk Road, I jumped a little bit. Uh, just ask me questions. <laughs> when I traveled uh, the Silk Road, I also visited old um, ruins, often haunted ruins, by the way. Extremely interesting. You, we, we experienced um, human history many thousands of years old, right? Uh, you, uh, you, Europeans uh, are so proud of their history. Uh, going back uh, uh, centuries or a couple of millennia, but uh, in uh, in Asia, that's the very, very first humans made the cities, right? There are countless cities. Uh, still, Damascus, for instance, uh, in Syria. There's seven layers of, uh, of the city. It's 5,000 years old. At least it has been inhabited for 5,000 years. And uh, other, other cities uh, along the ancient Silk Road has a similar story. Uh, they had, uh, some of the cities had a million, uh, a population of uh, millions. Uh, so it was major cities. Uh, and it was so fun uh, traveling in the former Soviet Union and China and Iran <laughs> and Iraq and uh, every place uh, you, know, you are told is so bad that I enjoyed it immensely. It was, I, I, met, I met the nice people. Uh, I was well received, <laughs> sorry, well received uh, everywhere, uh, really. And China and Kaskar, uh, the million city there. Uh, in Xinjiang, uh, by the way, where it's supposed, uh, where we are told in the West, there are uh, persecution of minor minorities. I didn't see anything <laughs> about that at all. So it was like the first before I came to London, right? I was warned uh, that Soho, the entertainment uh, district uh, there, uh, was full of uh, thieves and uh, criminals and everything. And when I arrived there, I saw old uh, old women go with, with the open handbags in the middle of the night. Yeah. And she wasn't what? There wasn't a single robbery uh, in the entire area. I asked the police about it too. <laughs> Sometimes you have to uh, sometimes the police are uh, nice um, 
they are now as uh, witnesses to what's going on, taking a class. Um, but every, everyone said they're basically the same. That Savo was a nice place to both live and, uh, and visit. And I uh, agree after uh, being there for days at the time. Uh, my poker journey across, I have told you about that, haven't I? I play poker all the way, all over the earth. Uh, I met up with the old gang in Pattaya in Thailand. We spent the month there and enjoyed ourselves. I, I lost a diary, an entire diary uh, there. So I had to, uh, with a lot of poems, I had to recreate those poems. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> you probably you had some been... gems. Yeah, you probably had some gems. You forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. Who are so you talked about the old gang? Who are some of your connections? Who are some of the people that you associate with on your travels? Do you have a a network of people that you meet up with along the way? Do you meet a bunch of random people? A little bit of both. Both, yes. Uh, those in particular I'm talking about now was. The people I uh, from the squatted house in London, right? Uh, several of them uh, visited me to here uh, some years back. Uh, we had lots of lots of fun in the forest uh, and then on the mountain outside the house. <laughs> We have a, um, a celebration we call it a witch night, right? Uh, it can uh, basically be any night, but we usually pick uh, pagan celebrations uh, like uh, April 30th, uh, October 31st, uh, Samhain, and Walpurgisnacht, uh, and on so uh, on so on 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 so on. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, we basically do everything on those nights. And uh, that month in Pattaya, we did it in space. We lived on a house on the on the on the beach. And it was so wild that I, uh, it was not, no, uh, not strange that I lost my diary. Really. <laughs> Do I dare even ask what type of stuff are you doing on these uh, adventures? And uh, when you're doing things in the woods, what were you doing in the woods? I mean, any, any witchcraft or things of uh, oh, yes. spiritual? We do everything. Uh, we do witchcraft, uh, absolutely. Uh, and we, uh, we enjoy both each other and uh, ourselves and everything. It's uh, it's it's so fantastic. Uh, I've written a lot about it in my books. <laughs> what about yeah. recreational drugs? Are you using recreational drugs? Do those things, you know, uh, drugs and medicines, herbal, whatever, do they help you um, understand? The, the world, the spiritual realm, yourself, do you do any of that kind of stuff or no? I do, do it a lot. Uh, I, I, at least I used to do it a lot. I haven't done it 
uh, much lately, but uh, I used to do it. And that too is very uh, important uh, in my writing, of course. Uh, LSD, for instance, I've done it, uh, I've just done it 10 times during my entire lifetime. But uh, each of those uh, times uh, were memorable, very uh, memorable. Do you remember? Uh, they were memorable. What what happened on your during your experience with LSD? That's something I've never tried before. Lots of stuff, really. But basically, you you get uh, an incredible insight, uh, right? You can't fight from yourself, so uh, you you feel like you're opening up. I call myself an opener because I uh, help people opening up too. I open up myself, I open up other people uh, during those witchcrafts, uh, those witch nights, and uh, anytime, uh, anytime uh, the opportunity for something itself. But uh, it's uh, great every time we can do it in the forest, of course. <laughs> because uh, I, I probably have told you that before too. I see if the forest as humanity's uh, uh, original home, true home. Yeah. We always feel uh, home. Yeah. What do you think about the forest? The forest, our connection to nature? Is it uh, a magical place for human beings? Absolutely. It's uh, it's our home and a mag- magical place and a place to live and uh, dream and uh, play and uh, and fuck our brains out. <laughs> it's uh, amazing. As I said, the, the orgy uh, in uh, Hyde Park in London really changed my life. It changed uh, everyone's life. Participating at the time. I, none of us had planned uh, at uh, squatting, at uh, invading an empty house and stayed there for five years, really. But we did. And when, while we did, we played theatre in both in London and uh, in the UK and Europe, we traveled around Europe and played uh, uh, our version of a Shakespeare play. <laughs> really a collage of uh, Shakespeare plays with it uh, that would have pissed off uh, any uh, schooler, any uh, Shakespeare schooler, of course. <laughs> we did it all right, and we had lots of fun doing it. Let's go to the Soviet Union. You traveled to the Soviet Union. I grew up in the United States. I've never been to Russia, never been to the Soviet Union. I think it um, collapsed pretty early in my life. I don't have too many memories of it, but, um, you know, we were told this thing, these things about the Soviet Union and Russia during our education, the Red Scare, you know, communism is a, is a boo word. It's taboo in the United States. You're not even allowed to talk about it. Um, you know, at least you're not allowed to say anything good about it. Certainly. What, what did you learn about the Soviet Union? What did you do in your travels there? And what did you think of it? It was the same like uh, Syria, Iran, Iraq, uh, China, uh, uh, and everything really. It was a great place, absolutely. It was uh, different, 
Uh, we visited uh, Almaata, by the way, uh, for instance, uh, the home of apples. Uh, the ap- apples grow wild in the area around the city, right? Uh, and they, 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 they didn't grow anywhere else until uh, people uh, took samples with them when they uh, traveled from Almaata. And uh, I learned about Genghis Khan, even more about Genghis Khan. If if anyone could ever match uh, the, the, the brutality of the Zionists, it was him. He, uh, he exterminated all the entire population. Yeah, the Zionists. So the Zionists in the, in Israel, it's given him a run for the run for his money, though, isn't it? As of late. Yes. But, uh, but that, that's the Genghis uh, Khan is the only uh, person uh, or uh, army, his army is the only one I can possibly compare to the Zionists. What did you learn about Genghis Khan? Did you uh, did you visit any relics and uh, you know sites of the past that uh, he yeah. went through? It's- it's a city called San uh, or or Sen, the two arms, uh, I think, uh, or several other cities too. But one particular city uh, rejected his rule, right? So he uh, he conquered that city uh, and killed uh, every single uh, man, woman, and child in the city. And then he ordered a count about it. He counted the 700,000 bodies. 700,000 bodies. The city was uh, about uh, inhabited, uh, had a population of about a million, but the rest had fled before he had arrived. So uh, there were 700,000 left, and he killed them all. Slaughter the moon. And uh, as I said, the other account afterwards. That was why he was so successful as a conqueror. No one dared to oppose him because they not knew what would happen if they did, if they lost, and most lost. So he, uh, he conquered uh, all the way to the uh, Roman Empire. He visited Rome uh, briefly. Even he, he never conquered uh, the Roman Empire, but uh, he conquered part of it. Uh, and uh, the reason he was so, so successful was because of his uh, brutality. Brutality always works. Even today, and we're seeing the results of it, the United States Empire. Uh, it is the most powerful empire in the world currently, and it's also, by no coincidence, the most violent empire in the world. So, unfortunately, not much has changed. Um, you know, the, the world is run by force, and whoever has the biggest military or whoever can be the most brutal and the most violent, that's usually who wins conflicts and who ends up in power, isn't it? Yes. Uh, and... Uh... Fortunately, we got we uh, moved forward to a multipolar world now instead of instead of the unipolar 
throughout the world by the Americans. <laughs> so there is hope. Uh, I see. I see lots of um, hope uh, in the world today. With, uh, I see lots of hope too. But the the United States mainstream corporate media, unfortunately, they are hopeless. They are just uh, you know deluging us with propaganda, lies, information, uh, and support and subservience to power. So I agree. There's a lot of hope out there in the world. One thing that needs to change is uh, the mainstream media, the corporations. They are, unfortunately, a seemingly hopeless institution that needs to just be overthrown. I'm in favor of free speech, freedom of the press, and I would love it if we can get back to worker-owned, worker-controlled, maybe like media companies, working-class newspapers. I think that's what uh, would deliver the real truth, not these corporate, uh, you know, institutions that care nothing more than um, imp- increasing their power, you know, increasing the power of the rich and powerful and, uh, you know, making money and profiting. Oh, yes, they are uh, really bad people, to <laughs> say it the least. Yeah. They're, they're just lying wholesale, right? Is the uh, news a little bit better in Norway? Are they a little bit more? I don't know. No, <laughs> not really. much. Uh, uh, all the journalists, uh, so-called journalists here, uh, are lying shits. Every single one. There's a lot of propaganda about NATO there too. I've seen. Uh, I think Finland, Sweden, Norway are all very favorable of NATO, and I think NATO would be. I think NATO is the most dangerous. Uh, War alliance in the world, and I think if it was ever dissolved, it would be a much safer world. Yes, I was really pissed when Finland and Sweden joined the NATO. It was so um, so crazy, <laughs> so insane. Uh, really. Have you ever been to uh, Afghanistan? You said you've been to Iraq. I'm interested in those places, especially. Uh, maybe before and after the American Empire went through. I was there um, just before the invasion. <laughs> the, wow. the American uh, invasion, actually. Uh, in 2002, spring 2002. And I was, uh, the, it was an uh, okay place, really. Uh, not uh, not great, because they have been Americanized. They had uh, been an ally for in, for in America for 20, 20 years before the uh, at least for ten years. Uh, America put uh, Saddam Hussein in power in nineteen sixty nine. They supported uh, Saddam Hussein in the United States up and through his worst atrocities, even when he gassed his own population. Uh, it was only after he disobeyed orders, disobeyed the master, did the tables turn, and all of a sudden he was no longer our kind of guy, to quote, uh, exactly. yeah, to quote uh, American power, uh, and uh, all of a sudden he became an enemy of the state, and uh, eventually uh, Iraq, Iraq was decimated, and he was killed, and uh, you know the, the country was destroyed, and uh, yeah, many many people had to die, lots of bloodshed. I, I, I traveled through Kazakhstan, right? One of the former Soviet uh, Central Asia republics. Uh, Kazakhstan is the ninth uh, biggest country in the world, so it's uh, potentially a major problem there. 
and it's a big, very big. It took uh, weeks to travel through it. Uh, and uh, Tehran too, uh, and Iran in general. It was uh, really a quite a pluralistic uh, place, really. I didn't see anything to the moral police or anything. So, and not uh, not all the uh, women were were scouts, were scouts, either. And they weren't assaulted by the moral police, so uh, I knew I knew it before too. But uh, that was one more uh, time I realized that I've been lied to my entire life. Right? Uh, our uh, our country's establishment—they lie to us. They lie all the time, uh, and it's. Uh, Stunning revelation, and you realize that that you have been lied And there's no consequences uh, in lying on behalf of the state and power interests. In fact, you're usually rewarded. Uh, and when you speak up, and when you're critical of power, and when you speak truth to power, unfortunately, that's when you are punished, uh, repressed, suppressed. Um, you know, harsh treatment. So, but yeah, there's usually no. Uh, yeah, there's no, you don't even need any evidence to, to lie uh, on behalf of the state. Uh, and they do it all the time, every single day. Just just pick up a newspaper or watch the news for five minutes. And uh, I don't think it'll take too long before you get to uh, a lie or two on the telecast. Absolutely. I, I read a piece uh, two days ago, I think, earlier this week, about the if we didn't have uh, had the internet, we would have been clueless, uh, just as clueless. It would still have been clueless, right? Because uh, the atrocity in Gaza is bad. It's really one of the worst uh, ever. But uh, there has been similar stuff there for 75 years. And, uh, and we haven't heard about it because the news media in the West haven't reported about it. So, talk about, let's talk about your travels uh, through the United States. Where all have you visited and what did you learn about American culture? I'm sure you have you had maybe before visiting an impression or an idea of what America and American culture was all about and the people uh, did we meet your expectations? What did you think of American and American culture? I enjoyed my travels in the United States immensely, really. Uh, I met uh, usually only great people, as usual. So, <laughs> yeah, people are people are great everywhere, aren't they? It's not. I'm I, 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 uh, I'm an anarchist, so I oppose power, government, states, unjustified power, certainly. But people are great everywhere you go, aren't they? Yes, I enjoyed uh, Las Vegas. Even you, if you just can do three things there, really, you can gamble, you can uh, drink, and you can fuck. That's the three things you can do with Las Vegas. Really. I've watched some documentaries on Vegas, and apparently there's a huge like homeless community that lives in the tunnels and, and whatnot underneath the city. Did you explore any of those at all? 
No, if I had known about it, I would have, would have listened to it. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, and I drove, as I said, I drove, uh, I, I, I rented a car. Uh, you, you have to have a car in, um, in the United States. Oh, yeah, there's no public transportation. Yeah, it's either, uh, it's either a car or plane, but that's about the only two ways to get around here. Yes. So Las Vegas is huge, really. But uh, I, didn't have, uh, I didn't have a car the first uh, time. I took the bus from, uh, I stayed at the hotel at uh, downtown. I traveled to the street by bus. And the bus uh, was, got, was uh, driving uh, 24-7. So it was great. Uh, I, did I say that I went, uh, walked off on the run, bus stop, one uh, hot afternoon? And I drank the entire bottle of uh, liter bottle of uh, <laughs> bottle. Yeah. Reached my destination. Uh, Mirage uh, is the casino, right? Uh, that was my destination. And uh, they have a great uh, fountain inside. And a lot of plants and everything. They were really uh, moist atmosphere inside. Hardly about the desert, uh, resembling that of the desert at all. <laughs> but I, uh, I played poker a lot. Uh, and, and I won. I won about um, during my entire trip. I won about uh, $7,000 really, I think, basically. Uh, and so in surplus, I had a surplus of $7,000. It's so funny. I, had, I lost uh, two times with pocket kicks the, the first half hour I play. Yeah. Two times the uh, pocket kicks, which is a great time uh, initially. But I lost a, a pair of aces both times. But after that, uh, uh, I started winning. <laughs> you like to play Texas Hold'em? Is that what you usually play? Yes, uh, I play Texas Hold'em. I play Omaha too. And uh, yeah, a couple of other play, uh, games too. But I, I focus on uh, Omaha and Hold'em. That is that is my, my games. When you, uh, are, when you are researching a place a setting for a book. What's some things you like to do to, I think you had mentioned like Los Angeles, Colorado, of course, Salem, London. What's some things you like to get, to do when you're researching a place, a setting for your book? How do you go about researching and getting to know, you know, a certain city? I visited the water boats. Uh, I mean, pubs um, and stuff, really. That's where I start. And I speak to taxi drivers and uh, and desk uh, people behind the desk at the hotels and so on. Uh, one one uh, man behind the desk in my hotel in Las Vegas, by the way. Yeah, I asked uh, asked him about directions, right? 
Is it far? I asked. No, just a couple of uh, blocks. Ah, just a couple of blocks. That's fast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the blocks in the United States is far bigger blocks than in Europe. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. I just spent the, the next two hours working <laughs> Yeah, that place. That was one reason why I rented the car the next time I, I uh, visited Las Vegas, by the way. Uh, but I, I drove from Las Vegas to uh, Los Angeles, uh, to downtown Las Vegas, the business district there, really. But I tried to get around the entire city. It's a, it's a major city, it's, uh, one of the biggest on earth in, uh, in square miles terms, right? In terms of, uh, in terms of um, hugeness, right? Uh, uh, only comparable to that is London and Shanghai. Uh, they are big too. Uh, Las Vegas is uh, Los Angeles is enormous big. San Francisco is really a, a, a quite small town in comparison. <laughs> but I, I, I love that San Francisco. Yeah, from San Francisco, it's just like a seven-mile stretch, right? And everyone's just kind of concentrated in the seven-mile stretch of the city. Yes. Uh, the the ranting uh, is uh, atrocious, really. We, we uh, rented uh, an apartment, four of us, and we still, uh, it was still extremely expensive. And that was 20 years ago. I've heard, I've heard it's far worse now. Yeah, it's insane. I saw uh, I saw an abandoned building. I think it was like a two-bedroom abandoned building that went for a couple million dollars, and they were just going to knock it down. But I guess it was in uh, one of the most expensive, um, you know, parts of the city where, you know, real estate frequently goes $10 million or more so. Yeah, basically a uh, yeah a dilapidated abandoned house now uh, costs over a million dollars in San Francisco. It's nuts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, London, uh, on the other hand, uh, still have uh, has lots of uh, abandoned houses. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. And also, well, in the United States, yeah, we have more abandoned houses than homeless people. I'm sure that uh, that's similar in other places, parts parts of the world. But uh, London, I've heard that, uh, yeah, I heard, I think that's the number one most expensive uh, state or city in the country, or I'm sorry, in the world to buy real estate. I guess, uh, I guess it's a very popular place. People all over the world um, buy real estate there. So it's kind of pricing out the locals. Yes, uh, I, I, um, I took a look at it recently. Uh, and I found out that even if I have never won the Norwegian lottery, the top uh, uh, top uh, money from that, I couldn't have bought a house in London. I could have rented the house, but I couldn't have bought one. So it's really just uh, people that already own something. Or uh, are rich enough uh, to 
buy anything with it. So it's a great place to launder your money. Yes. London real estate. If you if you got money and you want to launder it or you know clean it up a little bit, that's where you go. I've done that myself too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've I've been forced uh, through circumstance to do a lot of uh, illegal stuff, uh, and I don't feel bad about that. The law is uh, made by the rich and powerful to benefit. Uh, That's true. So, so uh, I've done that. I've done so uh, that kind of tricks uh, all my life, all my adult life. To get by. So, have uh, you never had a like a real nine to five type job? You never, you know, I guess I don't see you working in a desk or anything like that. Have you ever had like a, a nine to five show up in an office every day type of job? Uh, no, not really. I worked the evenings in Norway from 2005 to 2008 when I was uh, sick and tired of uh, not having money for food uh, at the end of each month. And uh, I sold the industrial uh, uh, stuff uh, in London because we didn't earn anything on our street theater. We had to work. (laughs) So... Uh, I uh, we we sold the industrial vacuum chains. Okay. And it and the thing about that, it was nice actually, because uh, our boss he was uh, quite something a character, really. Uh, he shared his um, earnings with his employees, quite frankly, uh, and uh, uh, to top that off. Every time we had done, we have sold a lot of vacuum cleaners, industrial vacuum cleaners. Let's take take, uh, the evening off to France, people. I'm buying. (laughs) (laughs) The bad stuff, uh, he sold his his company and uh, set out to sell around the world. Which is great for him, but not for us. For those, for, because those taking over his business, they had a more traditional view on business, and uh, it was never the same after he left. But it was fun. I returned to Norway with uh, uh, $40,000, the equivalent of $40,000 on my bank account. Uh, so it was great. So uh, Norway has always been your home? That's always been your home base? Too much, but uh, mostly, yes, because um, I've been sort of stuck here uh, the last 20 years after I went uh, almost on broke. So. <laughs> it, it, so it, is, uh, it is expensive to travel. I wish I could do it more often. What's some methods that you uh, utilize to, to travel fr- frugally? What, what, what's some, what, what do you like to do to travel cheaply, other than, of course, squat in a house? No, I, I do everything possible. I know, I've learned as I go, so to speak. 
uh, in the 90s, for, for instance, uh, there was an inexpensive ferry trip from Bergen to Newcastle, and and then I took um, then I took the um, the, the train from Newcastle to London. That was uh, my inexpensive uh, traveling then. Uh, for instance, uh, and uh, there is the poker, of course. I I, I started winning uh, in the middle eighties, and I've never stopped. It has always contributed uh, to my earnings. So you gamble when you go to new cities. You find places to gamble, both uh, legal and illegal. Oh yes, absolutely. I, I describe uh, an insane, in one of my books, I describe an insane uh, poker game in uh, Kolkata, India, for instance. <laughs> uh, everything I, I described there was true. You have to be uh, lucky to get out of there alive. <laughs> really? Why is that? Yes. It was a, it was a dump. Place was a dump. So you, so you, uh, if you left with some money, you were usually robbed afterwards. <laughs> oh, my friends uh, and, my, and I, we uh, just uh, waited outside and shouted inside. If you want to have a money, you can just uh, try it now. Okay. Yeah, they showed it uh, into the dump, but no one uh, took us up on it, so we got away. What's the what's the favorite favorite? Uh, we got like a couple minutes here. What's the favorite place that you've traveled to, and is there anywhere um, you haven't been that's on your list to get to? Well, Australia and New Zealand. I haven't been there. Uh, I've been almost any other place. I have been to what is now Russia, uh, even though I uh, visit, uh, visited the Soviet Union. I wasn't uh, within Russia. Uh, so, but uh, my favorite places really: London, New Orleans, San Francisco. Uh, a much less, uh, much more, uh, less expensive in San Francisco, of course. And I enjoy uh, Amsterdam too. And uh, traveling to to Europe with train, with train, with train, is great. Um, I have, uh, and and the uh, the travel, the camel ride to the Sahara Desert, it was immensely enjoyable. <laughs> and we got we got a minute minute or so to go. Uh, go ahead. Uh, you have a book coming out. Where can people find you? Where can people find some of your works? What are you working on? Go ahead. The stage is yours. You got about a minute or so. Thanks for your time. It's, it's uh, they can find it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, almost any web uh, site uh, selling books. Really, all my books. They they need to uh, search with my name, not the name of the book. If they, I haven't found anyone with my name, really. So if they, if they used to search with my name, they would find my books.
All right, my friend. Uh, I appreciate your time. Stay uh, nice and warm there in, in Norway, and uh, let's stay in contact. Let's catch up again sometime, okay? Absolutely. It's very enjoyable. I enjoyed myself very much tonight. Likewise. All right. Adios, my friend. Till we meet again. We meet again. Necessary Illusions. I also want to thank my special guest, Amos Kepler, for a great discussion on his life and world travels. Again, I am your host, MC Squared. No gods, no masters. I'm out. Fiction's forced perspective